This is episode number 44 of Hebrews in Exile with Rabbi Robert B. Holman Jr. and Sean Appleton. And in this particular podcast, we give you some good reasons as to why you should use the name of the Most High and not just the pejorative term of God. If that doesn't get you intrigued enough, we've got much more for you in this particular podcast. So Hebrews in Exile, you know what we do. Let's go. This is Rabbi Robert B. Holman Jr. and Sean Appleton. And this is Hebrews, Hebrews in, in Exile. Exile. You know, Sean, I have, um, I'm going to jump right into this. You know, hmm. for the last couple of podcasts that we've been doing, we've been talking about idolatry. Right. And idolatry is something that the Most High has a very high disdain for. Absolutely. It along with our abdicating the Hebrew people, abdicating him, his mitzvot, and his commandments, we are in this exile because of idolatry. Yeah, that's that's the sole reason, yeah. I know that I have talked about this before, but I find it necessary because I really want this idea to resonate on the hearts of Hebrew Israel in exile. Remember, this podcast is about Hebrews in exile. Mm -hmm. It's not about any other nation of people. It's not about the Greeks. It's not about the Roman Catholic Church. It's not about any other religious organization of which Hebrew Israel is not a religious organization. No, absolutely not. It's a it's a lifestyle. Yeah, it's, we're not. It's we're, a not way we're not. Of, we're not. We're not, re we're not religious. We're not a religious organism. Mm -hmm. The Most High didn't create a religion for us. He created a way of life for us. He gave us mitzvot and commandments for us to function and to live by and asked us and told us, told us, here, Israel, Yahweh Eloheka is one. Self-existing one, yeah. I am the El that brought you out of Mitzrayim. You are to have no other power besides me. Now, I use, I use that terminology yep. because that's the correct terminology. Mm -hmm. um, we, The things I'm going to talk about are really quite mm, subtle. Subtle. Yeah, because, you know, it's, it's not that, I'm trying to think of the most eloquent word to use. It's not like it's a, it's a, um, it's an undertone that's there. You kind of blow it off as not being non-trivial, right? It's it's it's, it's, it's insignificant, right? And really that's not, the word I'm looking for, yeah. And really not that not not that big a deal. Mm -hmm. But I, I Hebrew people, I got to tell you, any thread of idolatry <laughs> is is not trivial to the Most High, right? And if you've if you've read if you've read the scriptorial text. That says a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. Mm -hmm. Then, if we have a little bit of idolatry, then we're that we're, we're the the whole part of us is still enamored with this sense of idolatry. Right. You you gave a great example um, when you taught. I think last uh, uh, time you spoke in front of the congregation about that glass of water and the drop of cyanide. Yeah. In it, it's like yeah. 
How, be, how much yeah. how much cyanide does it take to kill you? <laughs> yeah. And you find out later on, it's like somebody's been poisoning you yeah. your whole entire life. Yeah, and we you know, and we have we have health documentations of people dying from cyanide and their auto- autopsy showed that they were being given little 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 doses of of um of this cyanide in their system and finally it took them out. Yeah. yeah. So when I talk about idolatry, we can't look at it being insignificant and subtle. So let's begin with something. The first issue on the table that's idolatrous for Hebrew Israel is sun worship. Mm-hmm. What is sun worship? Good question. What is sun worship? Sun worship is the aspect of bringing the elements that are in the heavens into the domain of worship. The Most High said you should not worship mm-hmm. the, the, the fact of the things that are in the heavens or anything that is in the earth. You shall not worship that. Yep, it's very emphatic. So what you don't know is that Constantine who is the father of Christianity, is, was also a sun worshiper, hmm. which is the reason why uh, Constantine brought into existence the whole idea of Sunday worship. So when you worship, when mm-hmm. you go to church, which is, another, which is another idolatrous term, when you go to church and you worship on Sunday, you're actually engaging in idolatrous worship. Absolutely. It's called sun worship. Mm-hmm. Now, to my listeners, go do your due diligence of research. Right. The Father gave us the Sabbath. Mm-hmm. And in Exodus, Samot chapter, I think it is 31, starting at verse 12, 13, or 14, 15 there, he says that, that the Sabbath is a sign between 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 us and Him. Mm-hmm. That sign of honoring and worshiping the Sabbath is like the ring on the finger that says you're married to me. Absolutely, and you yeah. shall not have any other power yeah. powers yeah beside me. Now uh, let me pop in here real quick too, because you know you had instructed the listeners for those that are here with us today and those that aren't with us here today in the future that may be listening to this, to do your due diligence and do your research. There's a fork in the road because what you're going to find with the good rabbi has just told you is that it can be confirmed and it's undisputed. And that's the truth. Now don't blow that off. No, like, no, you no. know what? Yeah, no. it's true, but I'm comfortable where I'm at. And that's, Part of that subtle cyanide that we're talking about, the subtlety of just being comfortable. When you are encountered or you are proposed or or truth shows up at your doorstep, you need to accept that truth and walk in that. So I just want to kind of maybe just pop in there and reiterate that when you get to that fork in the road, you got a decision to make. Because now you're bringing presented with information that substantiates what you just said. Yeah, and 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 plus that. You have to realize that of the masses of people and the mass, the mass majority that 
is a part of Hebrew Israel, the father knows that only a remnant yeah. Yeah. is going to be is going to make the final cut. Right. I mean, you go to Zechariah chapter 13, chapter 14, he says, I'm going to bring one third of you through the fire. That's right. And you will be tested. Right. You're in a room with a bunch of Hebrews. Yeah. You look at one third of them because yeah, that's the ones that are going to stay in. That those are the ones that are going to, that are going to stay and stay in. Mm-hmm. So the problem being is if, you're, if your goal is to have eternal life, which was the goal that was part of the Christian narrative where I'm saved because I want to have eternal life. Mm-hmm. Sorry, sorry to tell you that, but the Romans and the Catholic Church and the Greek, the Greeks and the Romans can't give you any information or documentation that supports that you're going to gain eternal life through their theolo- through their theology. Correct. That's not going to happen. Correct. Correct. Especially if you're trying to connect somehow, some way, a man to the children of Israel who, again, we get back to this issue of what did the Most High actually tell us, which we're talking about before, which is a lifestyle, a way of community, a way of conducting yourself, a way of behaving, a way of treating each other, a way of saying, this is how I want my community to function. I don't want you to worship anything, in, like you said, in the air or in the ground. That's that some worship coming back. So, Here's something that is, I, I know I've talked about it before, but I want to I bring it to the fore. First of all, sun worship is idolatrous. Mm-hmm. He gave us the Sabbath to worship. And then he says to, he says to us that any person who doesn't worship, worship him, any Hebrew that doesn't worship on the Sabbath shall be put to death. That means cut off, mm-hmm. cut off from the community, cut off from him. Mm-hmm. Now, <clears throat> we're not, you're not dying in this in this sixth day of grace, that's why he gave you grace, because he's given us the opportunity to to resonate with the things that we need to resonate to while we're in exile, mm-hmm. and accept those things which we can walk in in exile, realizing that we're out of the land. And there's some things we can't do, but the Sabbath we can keep. Yes, we can keep. Can I plug plug the book real quick? Can I plug it real quick? Yeah. Man, I, you, you were on a roll and I just broke up your whole entire concentration. Okay, I'll, get, I'll, get, I'll, I'll get back <laughs> on the track. When I said that, you mentioned a buzzword that was in that whole uh, dissertation that you just gave, which is the sixth day. Plug the book. In the defense of the Messiah, you do an excellent job of explaining all of the days, the dispensations of time. So if you're in, in a quandary about what the sixth day or what the first day or the third day is, go get that book. It's got all the information in it that you need that explains that. In defense of the Messiah, you can purchase it on Amazon.com. Now, it is, what I'm going to say to you now sounds little. You might think it's trivial, but remember, I opened this dissertation by saying a little leaven. Leaven the whole lump. The whole lump. So if you take a glass of water and you drop uh, 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 an eye droplet of blue dye into the water, the water is probably still going to look clear, mm-hmm. but the water's polluted. That's right. Okay? That's right. So we use the term God a lot. Yeah, quite a bit. God. It's thrown I mean, around I a love, lot. I love God. Mm-hmm. I serve God. God knows, God knows my heart. Well, mm-hmm. the problem with that 
is the word God is a term that is utilized to, in reference to pagan, heathen, super beings. Oh, boy. And it is also a term which is which reads on your dollar bill in God we trust, which means, according to the terminology of God, mm-hmm. it says, you're saying, in fortune, because God is a word that means fortune. In fortune we trust. Mm. So we Hebrews can no longer speak in reference to the absolute all-existent one within the within the terminology of something that relates him to super super being heathen deities. Right. Right. We can't do that. Right, right, right. We can't do that. Yeah, we need to be specific. I we mean, have to be specific. And the specificity is written in Shemot chapter three, mm-hmm. uh, I think it's verse thirteen or verse chapter thirteen or chapter sixteen. When Mashe asked him, "Who shall I say sent me?" and he says, "Yee, I share yee," and then he goes on to say, "This shall be my name forever throughout all generations." And in the correct in the correct rendering of the text, mm-hmm. if you go to the Hebrew rendering of the text, not not the Greek translation, but the Hebrew rendering of the text, mm-hmm. the Hebrew rendering of the text will say, this shall be my name forever throughout all generations, yod heh vav which is the tetragrammaton, mm-hmm. which expresses his name, Yahweh. That's correct. That's now, to correlate, no point. to correlate that and bring that all together, he writes in Psalms, I forget what chapter it is, he said, I write on the clouds and I'm known by my name, my name Yah. Yeah. So the prefix the prefix of Yahweh is Yah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so the Most High has a name and it's not God. That's right. That's right. It's, it's, it's interesting that, uh, another point, if you look around at all of the other religions, they have names for all of their gods. For all of their, for I all mean, of their deities. I mean, you have so many. I think that there was, as I was reading in the book of Yashar, there was, um, there was a god for every day of the year. Uh, Mitzrayim, the Egyptians had Horus, Isis, Anubis, all these uh, Amen Ra, all these different gods. You know have names yes. but when it comes to yours you don't seem to Understand. know what that is you don't know, you don't you don't you, you know, know what, his name what is. that is and you want to associate him with idolatrous mm-hmm. uh, um deities but the most the most high is far above all of these deities and so consequently we have the name Yahweh but we also have to Explain him when we're not using his personal name, right? El, mm-hmm. Elohim, mm-hmm. Eloa, right? Now, in the in the Christendom, has wanted to sh- wanted to shade El, Elohim, and Eloha, and cause you to believe that when you see the word El, it means God, right? It and does not. And it doesn't. Yeah, it does not. Mm-hmm. El does not mean God. Elohim does not mean God. Elo, Elo, Eloha does not mean God. El, Elohim, El is the plural, no, it's the singular of the mighty one. So mm-hmm. when you hear the, when you see El, El is a reference to the mighty one. Right. Elohim is, is plural. Right. It's it has a, that, that suffix on the end with yeah, the im that makes the, 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 uh, the plurality. Yeah. 
of the most high. So, so you and I can no longer associate him with these heathen superhuman deities mm-hmm. when he, when that's not, that's not, he, he's above all of that. Right. Exactly. He's exactly. above all. Now I'm giving you explanation because it's important. It's important to know. And then we use this word Lord a lot. <laughs> Lord. The Lords the of Lord. these lands. Now watch this. We say the Lord God. So when we say the Lord God, we're saying something also that is associated with sun worship. Mm-hmm. Lord comes from the word lar, lareth, lars, which is the as Christian and Roman deities associated with sun worship. Mm. So now you've got you've got God, mm-hmm. uh, who is a, who is a super deity amongst amongst idolatry, and now you got Lord in in conjunction with it. You just you're you're just swimming in idolatry. Absolutely. And then as an adjunct to that, I mean, while we're in the same vein, uh, we need to also expose while we're talking about names, because while we were coming out as part of our, you know, transition, we were kind of just doing this Hebristian thing for a little bit yeah. before we came into the, the clear understanding of of the Most High and his name. Uh, we were also come across information that says you can't speak it. Right. And and it's way too holy to say. And that's not true. No, because the Most High has given us his name, which is written in the Hebrews, which is, again, which he says the Tetragrammaton. And we can say, matter of fact, when when that same narrative, Moshe, our greatest prophet and teacher, went and and said, hey, to the elders, what am I going to call you? What are they going to recognize you as? How am I going to be validated? And he's validated by the name of the Most High. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, if you ever run across information that says it's too holy to speak, that's not true either. <laughs> no, no, it's not because because it says they whoever shall call up on the name, and in your Greek text, the name of the Lord, in the Hebrew text, he whoever calls up on the name of Yahweh mm-hmm. shall be saved. So, so. If you're going to call up on a name and it's too holy to speak, how are you going to be? How are you going to be delivered? Exactly. That that is exactly it. And that's that's a, for the two superpowers that I am speaking about: Judaism and Christian Christendom. Both of those religions believe in that. And, and, and one says is, is incorrect, God and yeah. Lord, and the other one says you can't even say it. And, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna apologize for this because Jesus can't save you. There it is, and there it is. So the only one that can deliver us is the one who delivered us out of Mitzrayim mm-hmm. and the only one who has been delivering us all of these times that we have been in this world. So yeah. I want I wanted to point that I wanted to point that out, uh, you know, because we are so we're so enamored and, and it sounds so subtle. You know, I, 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 I wrote the, I wrote the book in, December, in defense of the Messiah, but this this piece it's not in there. Mm. And it's the, the issue of where the name Jesus comes from. The name Jesus comes from the word Isus, I-E-S-O-U-S, uh, the Latin Isis. Isus is adopted from the name of the Greek goddess of healing, Isus, the daughter of Apollo, the sun deity. The goddess was linked to the Egyptian Isis, who had a son who was named Isus, I-S-U, I-S-U, during the era of Roman emperors, 
And these numerous uh, worshipers of Isis, many converted to Constantine's religion, and they mix paganism along with our Hebrew stuff. Yeah. You know? Stole it right out of our you know? out of their and, text. And eventually the Roman and Catholic Church continues to use the sunburst emblem known as the Eucharist. So now when you see when you see this head of this European guy with this sun the sun behind it, head, yeah. That's an indicative of of um of um of sun worship mm-hmm. and it is indicative of Isis. Or so you see you see I H S. That's Isus Horus. Mm-hmm. Um, um, uh, communities. I forget the rest of it. But anyhow, it's all associated with idolatry. I'm saying this to you tonight mm-hmm. in this podcast because if we're going to associate and walk with the Most High, we have to cleanse ourselves from all aspects of idolatry. A little idolatry leavens our whole existence and in the end we will die from something that seems insignificant but is killing us all of the time we can't do it we absolutely can't do it Uh, yeah i mean it's it's in the same vein of 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 dispelling this issue of of saying god and lord and and how that is rooted in idolatry. I mean, the subtleties of the things that we we, we do. Um, again, mentioned in a, a previous podcast. I mean, it, it, the days of the week, months. Those names are I rooted in idolatry. This the 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 names of the stars, the constellations, everything that is that is kind of prevalent for us has. Oh, well, I just gave some examples. I don't want to say everything, but it's such an ingrained part of us that we just don't we think of like you said it's trivial and we don't think of it as being it's so insignificant but yeah it's it's damaged us to the point where we're, we've come become so enamored with following other nations and yeah. following after their gods yeah that we we've were, lost yeah and we were specifically told not to do that yeah I mean, I'm trying to find the text where, you know, that whole entire, I mean, it's one of the things that the Most High enumerates right off the bat. And I'm going to the real Ten Commandments, which is in Shemot, I believe, chapter uh, 34. 34, yeah. And I think it starts in verse 9 or 10. Yeah, I mean, it, it's 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 right up there. And even if you wanted to go with the Ten Utterances that a lot of uh, folks that are still trapped over across the street call the Ten Commandments, you know, the ones where the most I spoke to the children of Israel at the uh, Mount Horeb. And he says, you know, don't do these particular items. One of them in there is that idolatry. Yeah. And and in Exodus 20, those are not the commandments. Those are the utterances. Mm -hmm. As a matter of fact, those are the marriage vows that the most High made with Israel. Correct. After he finished making those that statement there, Israel's response to him at the end was everything you have said we will do, right. which is the same thing that the most that you say, do you take this man to be your lawfully wedded husband and there, blah, blah, blah. And you say everything I, he said, I will do. That's what Israel's response is when the most high finished giving in the most, those 10 utterances. Right. And it's reaffirmed in Deuteronomy, which is Devarim chapter number 30, when, uh, Moshe has uh, escorted 
the children of Israel successfully uh, against a couple of conquests against uh, Og and Shihon, which are the uh, kind of these Canaanite kings. They conquered them and they're getting ready to cross over the Jordan. And Moshe reaffirms this kind of this covenant and oath. And he refers back to that same oath. It says, you know, in addition to what was presented to you on Mount Horeb, I'm making this with you today. And he's emphatic when he says, listen, you are to obey these mitzvot. And part of obeying these mitzvot is you turning away from idolatry. When you get into the land, do not conform to whatever is going on over there, eradicate it. Yeah. And we've, since we've lost, we've lost our language, we've lost our culture, we've lost a community, we've lost all of that. We've lost our temple, we've lost our koanim. Yep, all of that has been been stripped <clears throat> away from us because we're in this exile. Right, and so <clears throat> now we, we have the ability to teshuvah, and turn back. We just need to accept. But Sean, you know, one of the things the Most High said, while you're in this exile, he says, while you're in this, in, while you're dispersed among these nations, from mm -hmm. there, you will search for me and you will find me. That's the reason why Hebrews in exile exist. Hebrews in exile exists for the purpose of finding and helping, helping Hebrew Israelites to find the Most High and turn back to him. Another subtle word, another, mm -hmm. and I talked about this before, but I want to, I want to, I want to go over it again. Another subtle word is that you have prayers and you pray, mm -hmm. and at the end of every prayer, you say, yeah. you say, Amen, 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 mm -hmm. Amen, yeah. and you don't know that the word Amen is usually as a, it's associated with the closing of of, uh, of various prayers, but. It was known to the Egyptians in the very early times uh, were Amen uh, and his consort Amen. Their names are found in the in the pyramid text uh, of um, Eunice line uh, 558, where they are mentioned immediately after a pair of gods, Nun and Nin, and in connection with the twin lion gods, Su and Tef Tefnot, who were described as the two gods who made their own bodies and with the goddess Temet, a female counterpart of Tim. Mm -hmm. We're talking about everybody say amen. Right, say, right, right. Amen. But the correct personality, the correct word that we need to use, which is an expression of of affirmation and firmness and support is amen. Mm -hmm. Amen. This word is pronounced in the Hebrew like ah, and the word awesome plus main pronounced like the word main, like the hair on the back of your neck. So we don't say amen anymore. We say amen, mm -hmm. amen, because that's the word that's associated with the affirmation at the conclusion of what we're doing. Amen is associated with idolatry doesn't sound like it's very important yeah but it's it's that's like you said it's that subtle but when things yeah. are connected to things that are idolatrous they're there not to deliver you they're there to save you mm -hmm. and a little bit and a little bit will have you so confused mm -hmm. that you won't know which way to go all the things that i'm telling you in this podcast are researchable 
and they're findable. And you can, you can, you can verify what I'm saying to you. All I'm saying to us is this. As Hebrew Israelites, mm-hmm. we can no longer, we can no longer walk even in this exile expressing things that are idolatry because they continue to disconnect us from the Most High. Hosea chapter 2, verse 17 states, I will remove the names of the balls from her lips and no longer will their names be invoked. The Most High is saying to us, you shall not even mention the names of of, of idolatrous deities. Mm. Yeah. So, you know, I, I want to bring this to your to to our attention because I think it's, I don't think it's important. I know it's important. Oh, yeah. And if somebody doesn't tell you, then you don't know. Right, right, right. <clears throat> the greatest the greatest issue that we have amongst our Hebrew people is they only want to follow the crowd. You know, if right. if the if the crowd if the crowd is not rallying to the cause, well then we kind of lay back to try to figure out what mm. the crowd's gonna do. But the most high said to us, mm-hmm. we are a chosen special people. We are not from the nations. That's right. We are a separate nation unto him. And he wants us separated from the nations in a way that's exclusive. Right. There, nowhere in that in our narrative, which is is kind of cathartic that you you it's, it expresses itself and it's it's vibrant to me that the most high has you ever chasing after or following some other deity. Yeah. No nowhere in our text does it say that. You get that across the street. Yeah. But you don't get that cuz you're supposed to be leading. Other nations are supposed to be looking to us to be able to establish uh, a, a standard of of life style for the world. Yeah. We will be the teachers yeah. for yeah. the nations. Yeah. And how can you do that if you're chasing after after them? After them, right? And wanting to be like them. Yeah. <clears throat> you're yeah. Y- y- listen, <laughs> we Hebrews in exile all over the world, we are a unique people. And if we ever if we are ever in this exile get our heads out of the sand and unite mm-hmm. the rest of the nations are in deep trouble. Yeah. Yeah. Because then we would be reunited with our Elohim and our Elohim would be with us once again, like he was with our forefathers coming mm-hmm. out of Mitraim and when he formulated them in the wilderness and when they built that first temple and when they were united in the land as one people and a glorious people in obedience to him, nations feared us. Very much so. Very much so. You, you know, it's when I'm when I'm when I'm thinking about what you're saying and and being Hebraic, you know, when we again, I keep making this reference. We're across the street. There's a there's a famous chapter in Matthew chapter six. I think it's verses nine through thirteen. And what's housed there is the Lord's prayer. The Lord's prayer. Yeah. And and it's you know our Father who is where in the Hashemayim in heaven. Now I'm quoting that scripture and I'm 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 trying to stay away from it, but it draws. A, attention to my mind because it says let your will be done it understanding the will of the most high 
for those of you that are still across the street is not treating the Most High like he's Santa Claus. Where you get down on your knees and you ask the Most High what you want. What can I get? Can I get this? Can I get that? The will of the Most High is that his people return back to his yeah, word. Yeah. Abandon idolatry. You will pray entirely different. It won't be, I'm praying for this person. I'm praying for that. I'm praying. You know, I don't do that anymore. No. When I fall down on my knees, and I did it this morning, and I prayed, I prayed the will of the Most High, which is the return of the children of Israel back to his word, back to his precepts. Yeah, that's, that's very key. But, you know, I think for me, in this podcast, this in, in this episode, I really want to point out to our people mm. how idolatrous we are still and how we need to cleanse ourselves and come out of all aspects of things that we think are harmless that are slowly killing us and still keeping us separated from the most high. Mm. So this has been Rabbi Robert B. Holman Jr. and Sean Appleton. And this has been Hebrews, Hebrews in, in Exile. exile. Shalom. Shalom.